Welcome, everybody, to Blissfully Aware, the show in which three opinionated people discuss what's going on in fandom and nerd news in general. I am Bliss, and as always, I'm joined by my two lovely co-hosts, Kelty and Kendra. Hello. Hello. Y'all, guess what this week is? I know, but I'll I'll pretend like I don't. What is this week, (laughs) Bliss? It's the one year anniversary of our show! Are you surprised? I'm old. No, I can read a calendar. (laughs) It snuck up on me a little bit. I I mean, I definitely don't perceive time correctly anymore, either, so... No. I wasn't surprised, but it also doesn't feel like it's been a year. I don't know. I didn't expect much from the show, and I'm very pleased with uh, where it's... Come, I guess, is the weird... It sounds douchey to say that. Well, I mean, we picked the fucking perfect... Or you picked the fucking perfect moment for it, because who who knew that we would have all this free time to argue on the internet for a year and a half, <laughs> and that just some absolutely hysterical drama would be the result. Well, and I mean, Lord knows... Lord knows there were antis before this, but certainly being cooped up inside and all of us becoming terminally online for a moment uh, really amped up that engagement. Oh yeah, the the outrage machine was clocking in overtime. Uh-huh. It is apparently the only way Twitter remains viable as a platform. That's not me being a smartass, that is apparently <laughs> due to the fact that they haven't gained much in terms of user base in the last, like, five years. So the only way to continue growth is by keeping people on the platform longer, hence the outrage cycle. That's why you no longer see things that you've chosen to follow. You see also whatever some jackass you follow liked, or a topic that the algorithm thinks you're vaguely interested in. Well, and this new thing they're floating, the disliking tweets... To see what you're interested in (laughs) or what's valuable to the conversation is the way they post it. What's valuable to the conversation. It's basically just Reddit. Mm. Join the conversation. Uh, Like Pepsi said. Certainly nothing sinister about that at all. Absolutely. Just that no, no unforeseen negative consequences will result of that. No, we are just deciding whose opinions are worth Mm-hmm. A contribution and whose are not. I mean, Reddit does. This. I mean, yeah, it's basically the Reddit system now, where you just upvote and downvote stuff, and you can effectively silence a minority opinion, mm-hmm. uh, which is not always bad. Like sometimes minority opinions are racist or sexist or homophobic or something, but also sometimes the majority opinion is racist or sexist or homophobic or some other variation of wrong, and just because. The majority agrees with it does not make it a moral truth. No, no it don't. But actually, on the topic of upvotes and downvotes, out of curiosity, I wanted to see if you guys could guess what our top videos on YouTube were. And while you do this, I'm going to open this tasty adult beverage to really revel in our success of making it a full year. So I'm sure you can guess what the first top video is. I know our most watched video is us discussing Lindsay Ellis's cancellation slash mm-hmm. non-apology mm-hmm. drama. 
I also know that it's our most divisive video, because not only has it gotten the most views, but, like, the likes versus dislike ratio is it's pretty even. Like, a lot of White Knight Lindsay Ellis stands downvoted us, apparently thinking that we were right. trying to cancel her. Which is not, <laughs> if you listen to what we say, that's, we're actually very sympathetic and fair to her, I, in my opinion. That's not at all our intention. But we also don't think that her behavior was without reproach, and we talk about that too. And yeah, just because we put the name of a famous YouTuber in the title, it got the most traction. And I'm pretty certain our second most watched video is about the Pincident with Ravenstag. It is! The Pincident! Which has a much higher like-to-dislike ratio. Like, it is it is pretty well-liked. I'd say next yeah. is probably one of the Supernatural episodes, just based on Supernatural, the fact that Supernatural episodes. They didn't actually do as well. I don't like, know. We don't have a huge yeah. audience anyway, but... Well, no. Like, I think, I think our Amphibia one, talking about how, like, one of the storyboard artists drew some art of, like, the evil toad picking up one of the teenagers, and so all of Twitter decided that she was a pedophilic zoophile. It's our seventh highest. Oh, okay. So it's in top ten. Uh, our third is the 2020 Discourse Rewind. Oh, right, 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 right. I forgot about that one. That was when we finally started really just talking about aunties. Yeah. And went down this rabbit hole of... <laughs> Just talking about aunties for a couple episodes straight and realizing we needed to take a step back and also talk about some fun fandom stuff because we were going insane. It's hard not to because, like, and I don't want to make it sound that, like, you know, ship wars have never been around, turf wars have never been around, because when you get any, like, any hobbyist group, you're going to have social conflict and turf wars and... You know, people are going to butt heads over the social hierarchy as these groups form. And, like, that's definitely always been a part of fandom, certainly as long as I've been around. Nothing new under the sun. Social media has taken it to a place that is new in terms of damage. Like, in terms of the amount of damage that stupid petty fandom mm -hmm. drama can inflict on people's actual material lives... That's new. And the vitriol also feels new to me. Like, if someone didn't like your Harry Potter ship or whatever, you might call them, like, a dumb bitch or something else mean. But I don't think you would call them, like, a pedophilic zoophile. No. I don't know. I was never in the Harry Potter fandom. Maybe that weird. Maybe you would. Maybe if you, like, shipped My Sirius and Remus. The, he's the werewolf one, right? They're, like, both dogs. One's a werewolf and one's an animal. Yeah. Maybe there were debates about that. I don't know. Maybe if you you shipped them when they were, like, 17-year-olds at <laughs> at wizard school, you're like, actually, it means you support awful AIDS metaphors and also zoophilia. <laughs> Shipping them as high schoolers was actually just the norm back in the day. Oh, for sure. Like, I... I'm not saying that it was, like, it dominated the discourse like it does now, but I don't know, maybe someone was bold enough to make that asinine claim. Oh, I'm sure. But now it's that would be commonplace. Like, I, I'm seeing it now on fucking mm -hmm. YA Twitter, because YA Twitter is inescapable. The algorithm thinks I want to know about young adult fiction for some reason. I don't, but there's, like, the take now is that 
including characters, like teenage characters, like 16, 17, 18, experiencing like sexual desires or having sex with their peers or loved ones, like of comparable age, is also suspect and pedophilic. Mm-hmm. So like, now, even just the acknowledgement that older teenagers like to have sex is problematic and lands you on the woke suspicion list. Yeah. <laughs> I am hugely concerned about the resurgence of sex-negative, anti-porn, huge air quotes feminism. And, like, any sort of sexual impulse should be scrutinized and uh, assumed to be harmful. And, like, that just wasn't an issue in fandom when I was younger, at least. Like, when I was when I was in my own teens. Like, it was a space where I was actually... There was so <laughs> little judgment around sexuality that it was instrumental a little bit, like, in me being okay with some of my weirder sexual desires. Absolutely. And, like, if I were 16, 17, 18 now, in this fandom space, and fandom was as a big part of my life as it, as it was at that time, uh, that would be harder. I would be a lot more secretive and concerned about sharing things with my peers in fandom, like my friends in fandom, for worry, worry that I would be judged or slandered even for them. Mm-hmm. Well, and we're in the cultural practice of keeping receipts on everyone now. Mm-hmm. Like, we keep receipts on our friends at this point, or at least aunties mm-hmm. do. I was, yeah. I was about to say, no, I don't. That's, that's gonna be bad. Like, I see that behavior accelerating, too. Like, there was some, again, tangential awareness due to how Twitter operates now. There was some kind of furry drama recently. I don't know who did what or what happened where, but someone leaked a bunch of Discord conversations of someone else claiming that someone was being racist. And, like, you know, here's all the things they said on Discord. Don't know if that's true. Have no idea who these people are. Don't know who is being accused of what. But just the fact that all of their conversations were preserved on this program, Discord, and they could just go back and screen cap Mm -hmm. them. And so nothing that was said is really ever private. Like, you just sort of have to operate under the assumption that even people you consider close friends will turn on you eventually if you like the wrong ship or if you like a text that's problematic or you know if you think the new he-man cartoon is good or something (laughs) again again, speaking of things that i'm only tangentially aware of people don't like the new he-man cartoon because it's feminist or something because there's women in it ho's mad but don't y'all worry i have something planned for you he-man fans out there The thing is, at the end of the day, I'd still have an argument with a Gamergate comic book fan over an auntie who's calling me a porn addict. Well, at least with the comic book fan, we are arguing about the text. Yeah. We are arguing about which superhero can punch another superhero the hardest. We are not arguing about whether or not I am a sex mm-hmm. criminal. Yeah. Or whether or not... I am homophobic, or whether or not I am secretly some kind of bigot mastermind because I like one character and not the other. So yeah, I would rather 
I would rather fight with a Gamergate fucking The Last of Us 2 He-Man angry dude bro about how the He-Man cartoon isn't enough about He-Man, because then at least we're still arguing about He-Man. Like, we are not arguing over whether or not one of us is secretly a rapist. Right. Well, I'm just, I guess I'm frustrated with time marches forward, right? And I understand things become normalized. Fangirls became a culturally accepted term and something that normal society became used to. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But now, like, all the Alpha Omega jokes that are going around everywhere, it's fine, it's funny. (laughs) But dude bros are making these jokes to other dude bros. Straight ass dude bros are making jokes to each other about being breedable. That's hysterical. Yeah, that's a thing that's going to become normal or is normal. And now everybody was confused why the aunties were mad at the director of Loki and threatening to kill their dog. I'm so glad we can talk about this. Okay. Um, okay. So, yeah. About two weeks ago, or no, it was actually only about a week ago, at time of recording, um, the finale to the first season of The Loki Show came out. I say The Loki Mm -hmm. Show, like that's what it's called. (laughs) Like it's, (laughs) like it's a sitcom from the 50s. But just because calling it- Loki. Well, just because calling it Loki- Sounds like I'm referring to the character, like this was the end of Loki, mm-hmm. like as a as a character. <laughs> but no, it was the end of the show titled Loki. Um, and again, still haven't watched it, but spoilers. Apparently, uh, he, Loki, and his self from another universe where he is a blonde woman, uh, kiss. I'm pretty sure that's it. One maybe betrays the other? Don't know. Um... But they kiss, and people were happy, and people were mad, because the other romantic ending, I guess, like, I don't really know if this counts as, like, a romantic pairing, but the other pairing that people wanted Loki to end up in was fucking uh, Owen Wilson's character. Yeah, Mobius. (laughs) And, you know, it had been established previously that Loki is a bisexual character, and that was not out of the realm of possibility, at least diegetically. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It is outside of the realm of possibility because there's no fucking way in a million years that Disney is going to have there be a canon same-sex couple in their multi-billion dollar international superhero franchise. It's not going to happen, kids. I'm mad about it as a queer person. I would sure like there to be some kind of queer representation in this genre, medium, time-spanning franchise that Marvel slash Disney has on its hands now. I get it. I would like for there to be a canonly queer character who is allowed to be canonically queer on screen. But it will not happen. It is not going to happen so long as Disney uh, owns the rights to all of these properties. I guess no one told the 14-year-olds because (laughs) they got real mad about Loki and Sylvie kissing once, as far as I'm aware. And then, because they are 14, took their grievances to Twitter, adding the show's writers and directors on Twitter. I'm just going to read a handful of these tweets. A guy is named Eric Martin. I think he is one of the writers of Loki. So he had a really... Just plain, bland, like, uh, tweet being like, go check out the last episode of Loki. 
um, tell me what you think. Like, you know, like promoting his work and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, someone says, I want you to take a long walk off of a short pier, Eric. Uh, <laughs> fuck you, that's what I think. That episode was shit. Uh, hey, bestie! Exclamation oh. point. Yeah. I'm 14, and I could do a better job than you. How does that make you feel? Heart emoji. <laughs> and those were the nice ones. There was another tweet. One of the female writers of Loki tweeted a photo of her dog. Dozens of people mm-hmm. retweeted this writer having a photo of her dog on Twitter, not in any way related to her work on the show Loki, basically threatening to kill her dog if the Loki-Sylvie pairing happened. Oh, cool. Cool yes. and good. And sane and normal. Completely 100% like, I'll kill your dog if Loki Sylvie happens in the show. Like, she has the ability to change it. Like, the, the episodes haven't been locked down and filmed for, for months and months. <laughs> oh yeah, here are some. So yes, Kate Heron posts a photo of her beagle Lulu. Uh, someone retweets it, a quote retweets it and says, if you make Loki Sylvie a thing, you'll never see Lulu again. Or if Loki Sylvie is actually canon, Lulu is gonna get it. Gun emoji. So, like, those sorts of responses. Uh, Yikes. (laughs) Which has been pretty common ever since fans, especially juvenile fans, have gotten access to the creators of the things they like. (laughs) They pretty much take their demands right to them shamelessly. Like, I am, again, astounded at at the, the lack of shame that these people have. Anyway, so apparently... When the Loki-Sylvie kiss happens somehow, whatever, everyone's big mad. The the Marvel fan babies pitch their fit on Twitter. And then someone, I'm assuming Jacob, <laughs> who runs a podcast slash YouTube channel called Jacob's Quest, which is totally just like, looks like a nerd news YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, there's a couple reactions to the Dune trailer... Uh, talking about Star Wars, talking about DC Comics. Jacob posts some screen caps of these tweet grievances that the fans have with the finale of the Loki show and says, first of all, hashtag Loki so that it will get seen. Can someone please explain why the writer slash producer is getting these reactions? Which was (sighs) difficult to see. Uh, that apparently people are just completely fucking unaware of the state of fandom these days and the state of just trying to be a person interacting with a text, with a medium, with a story, and just trying to talk to other people about it. What did you like about it? What did you not like about it? Who's your favorite character? Blah, blah, blah. And how quickly that devolves into threatening to kill someone's dog because a character kissed another character you didn't like. Hey, Jacob. Hey, Jacob. I know you're listening to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm happy to come on to your show and explain why people are tweeting these things. Yeah. <laughs> this is fun. Let's go back to our anniversary aspect. Okay. A quarter. Okay. Let's see how much we've made this past year. We've made $22 and 13 American cents. Wow, that's way more than I thought. That's a that's a mid-range meal for one person without yeah. drinks. I could go to Wendy's. At Wendy's, it's a meal for two. 
We're obviously not making any money on YouTube because we are in no way family friendly and sponsors are not into that. No. But hey, Bad Dragon or um, ExtremeRestraints.com or, you know, Doritos, uh, you guys want to sponsor us, hit me up. If Bad Dragon or ExtremeRestraints.com wants to send me a product to review, I will be very, very thorough. And I will give you. An absolutely glowing recommendation. Bad Dragon, hit us up, please. I would die. I would absolutely <laughs> die of joy. So, for for our anniversary, and speaking of aunties reacting to shit, this is a very tenuous transition. I decided to reach back out to Ravenstag Outfitters and have them come back for an update on how things are going for them and their shop since... The Pincident. The Pincident. So I'm gonna go ahead and cut to that interview now. Theme music! Welcome back, y'all! Ravenstag Outfitters! Yay! <laughs> hey! It's been a minute. I'm so excited to have y'all back on the show. Yeah, awesome. Thanks. Did y'all want to introduce yourself for anybody who didn't listen to our incredibly popular episode with y'all on it? The Pincident? Hi, I'm Tila Wild. I uh, am a co-owner of Ravenstag Outfitters, and we make uh, indestructible pins. <laughs> Yeah, we we recently discovered that. Yeah, and I'm uh, Nikki, and I'm sort of the designer and I guess you would say official shit poster on Twitter. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I love your Twitter presence. It brings me such joy. All the serotonin. Awesome. Thank you. (laughs) We talked about it in uh, one of our previous episodes about the indestructible pin incident. That was hilarious yeah that was so out of left field and basically what happened is that somebody messaged direct messaged me on twitter like hey have you seen this and i was like no so that was really surprising yeah and i've heard that they weren't even a pro shipper they actually did just buy the pin to try and destroy it because their original defense was, oh, I used to be a pro shipper and now I know better, but... Uh. Yeah, it was really kind of hard to tell. Like, if they were, they were a pro shipper for maybe, like, two weeks. Right. Because just the time frames, like, really didn't add up. Um, So, yeah, it, it appears that they bought one of our pins, um, you know, just to destroy it and tried to destroy it with power tools and failed and got shrapnel to the face. And I really have to say that this was an incredible marketing opportunity for us because not only did people, you know, dunk on this person for quite a while, which generated a lot of uh, traffic, but yeah, I mean, apparently the pins are made of like, I don't know, adamantium or something. We got to get a bulletproof vest made out of them now. (laughs) We totally encourage anyone to like buy our pins if you want to destroy them. Are you going to dump them in lakes? Yeah, you're, are you want? up to the challenge of trying to destroy the pin? <laughs> well, and so for anybody who hasn't listened to our Pincident episode, you totally should. But Ravenstag Outfitters, for a little background, went through a crazy drama in which some bread tubers descended and attacked a very small queer business over 
a pro shipper pin and tell me you guys what has gone on since then because i feel like y'all have really blown up we definitely got a lot more followers you know i've done a whole bunch of new designs um yeah (laughs) including some uh really cool gay star trek designs that just came out yesterday i'm so excited for those and uh yeah we should be getting a i think basically with the initial bread tube surge i bought a uh laser engraver so we should be getting that soon (laughs) to do even more more offensive things apparently (laughs) well and i love that i dared y'all to make pink triangle underwear and y'all stepped up to that challenge yeah that was fun that was a fun and easy project and gosh i know my prediction post the pincident was that sarah zed or Lindsay Ellis was going to end up making a video trashing y'all. Sarah never did, although I wouldn't be surprised if down the line she still went back to it because she's petty. I'll I'll come out and say that. And Lindsay certainly, in her post-cancellation non-apology video, made a reference to y'all. Did you end up watching oh, actually, that video? Oh, I didn't actually watch it. Oh, yeah. Mm, we covered it in her apology video. Or we covered it in our reaction to her apology video. And it was more just making fun of pro shippers on the internet defending, uh, quote, fictional people kissing fictionally. As if we don't uh, have to deal with suicide threats and doxing and all that nonsense that goes along with it. Confusing, because isn't that like what you have on like television and movies? Like fictional people kissing each other? So why is it? I don't understand the difference. I'm really confused. I don't either. Girlfriend needs to get her story straight. And also, and then who is the worst, or I guess you could say the less of a life, the person who watches and talks about the fictional people kissing, or the people who talks about the people who talk about the fictional people kissing? <laughs> like, what is that? Have we become our own fandom? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I do have to thank y'all. I really feel like the pincident is when our show finally hit its stride. Nice. Now we're in a year, but uh, I know our fan nexus episode got us some people, but the pincident was really when people started noticing us because it was such a ridiculous thing to happen. So I appreciate the drama, y'all. I see this is I don't intentionally do any of this. I just like do things and people lose their entire shit. Um, But congrats (laughs) on the year. Yeah. (laughs) Tell your podcast mates to check the store again. There might be some pins they like. I absolutely I'm constantly trying to boost y'all, especially when uh, especially when you guys end up catching some more drama. Are you guys going through any more anti attacks? If there's anything right now, um, it kind of feels like people ball it up for a while and then they just sort of vomit on us at intervals. Right. (laughs) So it's usually not an ongoing thing. (laughs) It's certainly always free advertising for y'all, though, which is nice. Oh, heck yes. I'm waiting for the day that people start hating on our show. Mostly we just get the, well, actually comments on YouTube. So (laughs) that's fine. All good. Uh, Gosh, well, do you guys have any cool future plans you're willing to uh, give us a tease about? Right before I was talking to you, I'm looking into our next potential project. And this is uh, breaking news here (laughs) on the podcast is that I'm 
thinking about doing a Kickstarter with um, some, I'm not going to exactly say what it is right now until I have it fully designed, but some uh, le- pride flag related pins basically oh. fandom slash kind of generic kind of a thing that a lot of people might be able to get into if even if they're not like in fandom so yay kickstarter new project oh, i love that and when you guys get that going you have to give me a link so i can totally boost it awesome that's great. awesome you're awesome well and i totally love y'all guys following y'all engaging with y'all you guys have been my favorite people to meet doing this podcast so thank you <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. How can we find you on Twitter? And um, how can we just find you in general? Uh, we are at Ravenstag O. Ravenstag O. And I guess also if you just look for Ravenstag Outfitters, it would come up right. as well. But at Ravenstag O. And the Instagram. And Instagram and Facebook. And the website is ravenstag.com yay and it's actually been redesigned and much more simplified since the last time people looked at it probably i'm so excited that you guys have done so well i mean i really feel like sarah zed was trying to bury y'all i did how would that work (laughs) (laughs) well and y'all have now released a rainbow meaty pin without the pink triangle yeah that's right it's it's not you know it's not as like high quality as the other ones and probably would self-destruct if if shot at um it's just like a little acrylic pin with like a cartoony version of the uh the rainbow meat um emojis so i guess that's maybe more accessible for some people i didn't want to redesign the original design um but i so i just kind of did like a little cartoony emoji pin yeah i love it i know we've discussed between the three of us and certainly on the show at nauseum, the history of the pink triangle. But even I suppose in the rainbow meaty community, there were a few people that preferred it without the pink triangle. I understand that uh, have strong feelings about the pink triangle. <laughs> also, I I kind of that's true, and I also want to point out that there's uh, a bunch of um, straight pro shippers that, you know, are obviously like behind us, but they didn't want to like buy something with pink triangle on it because they're not queer. So it's, it's more accessible to them as well. That's awesome. That's great to be inclusive to our straight allies. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just so excited. I'm like hyped up every time I see you guys putting out a new design. I'm like, oh my God, what are they going to do? What fandom is next? So I was so (laughs) excited to see Star Trek because... Oh, I'm a Trekkie at heart. <laughs> Excellent. So I have the the new designs for that. It's basically like the com badge with like, uh, you know, pink triangle on it. Except these are basically like neon. They're not really like kind of, you know, just straightforward image. It's kind of like neon art. And then another one, which is um, fully automated luxury gay space communism. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to end up having mm-hmm. to buy both mm-hmm. because I cannot choose between which one I love more. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> now, so I'm gonna have, actually, stickers of that will be the next thing, so. Yay! Well, in the future, you guys, when I finally, like, hit some sort of important number of followers, we're going to have to do some sort of collab or something. For sure, that'd be awesome. You guys are my favorite guests to have on. Sorry, sorry, other guests. Aww. Don't Aww. listen to this part. <laughs> But gosh, well, y'all, thank you so much for coming back. And thank you for the update. I'm so glad you guys are doing well. Thank you. Yeah, Thanks you too. for having us back. Yeah, so terrific. What you've done for us, too. Yeah. So. <laughs> thank you so much. Absolutely. 
and I look forward to having you guys back on in the future. Definitely. Thanks. Absolutely. And you guys have to go check out Ravenstack O online and ravenstack.com. And yeah. please buy all the things. Buy the indestructible pro shipper pin. I have mine set up directly by my recording station so I can look at my beautiful piece of fandom history. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. I love y'all. I love you too. <laughs> Thanks, Bliss. Love you. All right. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Okay, cool. See ya. And we're back. Y'all, I am I'm so proud of us and this silly, silly podcast we do, and I'm I'm grateful that you guys <laughs> have joined me on this ridiculous journey. <laughs> We've come so far from from our discussion over the legal battle of the Omegaverse. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. To fucking... To yeah. fucking... Talking about the Protect Act. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, I thought this was gonna be a show about fandom, not a show in which Bliss had to look up the intricate details of a bill written by Mike Pence that is technically unconstitutional, but cited by voice actors as an excuse for them to call people pedophiles. I never thought that when you asked me to be on a podcast about fandom drama, I would be talking so much about sex crimes. Yeah. (laughs) Me neither. I thought we'd just be talking about Thor. And it's it's interesting to, like, see this conversation, like, not happen, like, just in fandom spaces, but the world at large. Uh, We had someone comment on our most recent video. I referenced uh, a documentary I saw where a sociologist (laughs) um, talks about how uh, in the American psyche, the average American is more worried about pedophilia than instances of pedophilia occur. Mm-hmm. They are more preoccupied with it than it is a legitimate risk. Right. With which I agree, by the by. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about it on that episode and someone was like, um, well, actually, I was with you until you said human trafficking isn't a big deal because human trafficking is actually a huge problem in America and around the world. And had a small essay to say about, yeah. about their their opinions about human trafficking. And, like, I know human trafficking is a huge problem in America and the world at large. That's not what I was talking yeah. about. I, I literally went back and listened because I was like, did we did we talk about human trafficking? Yeah. The mo- the did closest, we call it human trafficking? The closest I come to talk about human trafficking is referencing Jeffrey Epstein by name. In what I thought was obviously a sardonic and humorous kind of way, but apparently not. But yeah, uh, human trafficking is not the same thing as pedophilia. Uh, human trafficking is also not the same thing as sex trafficking. Uh, a lot of human trafficking actually has to do with undocumented laborers being moved around the country to work on farms or to work on construction jobs mm-hmm. um, illegally because... Technically, they are undocumented. None of those things are the same as prostitution uh, or sex work in general, which, you know, (laughs) I think personally should not be a crime. No. I don't think sex work should be criminalized. Uh, If someone is forcing someone to do sex work, that is already a crime. And I don't think (laughs) we need new laws or new legislation to redouble criminalize it. So we're trying to have these conversations 
both in the scope of fandom and in the scope of society at large, like outside of fandom. And we can't even fucking agree on our terms. We can't agree on what words mean what. So how the fuck do we hope to have any sort of productive conversation over sex work, sex crimes, uh, the rights of sex workers, the rights of undocumented people, combating human trafficking, like- And pedophilia. We can't even agree on what words mean what. So I, I have limited hope in our ability to work through these issues because they're very emotionally charged. I get that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I get that some of these crimes, sex trafficking, sex trafficking of minors, sexual abuse of minors, that's some of the worst shit that can be imagined. Absolutely. And I get that people don't want it to happen and want to do everything they can to prevent it from happening. And also want to do everything they can to punish those responsible for allowing it to happen. Hmm. But yeah, we do it on the show all the time. We are constantly having to define what we mean when we say, like, someone accused someone of being a pedophile because they shipped a 17-year-old character with a 19-year-old character. And that's not actually what pedophilia is. That's actually not even a crime in most countries. So, or states in the or US. states in the United States. So I don't have a whole lot of hope for us, like the royal we, not us on this show, but just <laughs> just the populace at large being able to have some kind of productive conversation about these problems and sorting out what the fuck we mean when we're talking. Because people are so, so hypersensitive to these topics that I can make a reference to someone else saying, like a, a person far more credentialed than I, mm-hmm. that there is a preoccupation with pedophilia in the American psyche as some kind of boogeyman, which like historically there is. You can see it all the way back in the satanic panic of the 80s, and, like, that shit happened in Canada, too. Like, we're not totally removed from all this. And way further back to, like, Victorian England and, like, the cult of the child and the idea that childhood is some kind of pure, innocent state that then becomes corrupted by the world, which is, like, so commonplace and so total in our society now that we don't even realize that there was a time that that was not the case. We did not <laughs> we did not think of childhood that way like prior to the 1880s. Yeah. And now this rhetoric of childhood being like a time of innocence that is eventually corrupted by the real world is so all-encompassing that even to suggest that it's not sounds ludicrous to most people. So, yeah, like when things like that happen, I I don't have much hope of us being able to have serious conversations about these things. Well, and when the show started, I was very frustrated because we had to constantly talk about, you know, defining words like pedophilia uh, and the misuse of words like that. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like I was constantly having to say words mean things and I was mad about it. And I've given up, I'm still mad, but I've given up reactionary anger over it because Mm -hmm. it sure doesn't seem like words mean things anymore. (laughs) I know they do, but people don't treat it like they do. No, No, because it's an easy way to win an internet fight. 
it's the easiest way in the world to win an internet argument. Just accuse the other person of being a pedophile. Yeah, it's and basically, like, it's the new, that's what Hitler said. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know who else <laughs> had a name? Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, and I remember. I mean, God fucking damn it! Someone said that the other day. Someone literally yesterday on Twitter was like, "Oh, fiction doesn't affect reality." You know what else was fictional? Anti-Semitism. Oh yeah, they were talking <laughs> about the uh, the Eternal Jew and all this Nazi anti-Semitic propaganda that was specifically des- Ah, man, I got so angry. I'm gonna have to contain myself. One day I'm gonna get, like, actively angry on the show and people are gonna realize that I I reel it back in. Uh, Uh but- (laughs) Propaganda that was designed to affect reality is different from fan fiction. I don't know how to break that to you. (laughs) It's different than fiction. It's different than just a book, let alone what I write, like, two o'clock in the morning. Just fucking... Yeah, like, something that is designed to manipulate your perception of reality is different than a book or a movie that has a tagline in the small print that says... Events in this book are fictitious, and any reference to real people, living or dead, is purely coincidental. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. the idea that two things are false, propaganda and the concept of narrative (laughs) fiction, are both unreal. Therefore, they both operate on human cognition in exactly the same way like Nazi propaganda does, Mm. was the most galaxy brain take that I have seen on Twitter in a while. Like, something else is fictitious, you know what it is? Yeah, the Eternal Jew. Bet you didn't know about that shit. Bet you didn't know that the Nazis lied. (laughs) Yeah. Idiot. Uh, well, and on a positive note... Something I hope to do in the future is more interviews and more special guests and experts, because I I very much enjoyed the three of us being opinionated and angry together, or excited. Doesn't always have to be angry. Uh, but I, I'm also very much enjoying making other people come on and talk about their opinions, because... It's important to have conversations. Mm-hmm. How else yeah. will you learn? Oh, absolutely. Another thing I really appreciate with the growth of our podcast, because I think we've done very well over the past year for Baby's First Podcast, mm-hmm. is... As Baby's First Super Niche Podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is not um, a topic most people are interested in or know about. No, but we've actually gotten a couple normies, which I'm I'm pleased with. That's excitable, yeah. Uh, yeah, people... People are engaging and asking for topics to be covered. That's cool. And I love that because I, I am not all knowing. I'm not in every single fandom. None of us are. No, God, no. By design. <laughs> so there are absolutely going to be dramas we are unaware of. And the fact that people bring it to us fascinates me because then I get to go and figure out what the hell is going on. <laughs> if there is any silver lining, I think, to plumbing the absolute abysmal murky depths of just the worst of fandom behavior, it is that, like, we talk about mm-hmm. the real world effects because they are growing, in my opinion, at least uh, what I have seen, like, more, like, people call someone's place of employment people you know out 
a vulnerable person to their family. And that's bad and shouldn't happen. But at the end of the day, most of these things are bitch fights on Twitter. <laughs> and they don't actually result mm-hmm. in any, like, real-world harm. Like, even, like, there are mass harassment campaigns that land people in the hospital sometime and shit like that. Uh, but yeah, most of the time, it's just teenagers and 20-somethings being shitty on Twitter. And I am old enough now to have seen this cycle once before, you know? Like I said, no one was calling each other pedophiles, but it was all the same beats, you know? We called each other Hitler. Yeah, it was all the same beats. It was all just, you're morally inferior to me because you shipped this anime character with this other one. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. fandom is so insular and so tiny, even now. Like, even now, we talk about how much it's grown and how mainstream it's gotten. But even now, it's still pretty fucking tiny in mm-hmm. the scope of things. And for sure, yeah, just like seeing people have the same fight that I saw people have 10 years ago and knowing that nothing's going to come of it, you know, like they're just going to have to learn to disagree is is some comfort, at least. So, y'all, can I ask, did you have a favorite episode from this past year? I liked doing the Supernatural episodes. I was gonna say, (gasps) off the top of my head, the Supernatural finale drama is definitely up there, just because it was... Fun. Some of the silliest stuff. It it was of no consequence, it was a 15-year-old show that had already peaked, you know, in terms of, like, fandom relevance, and just to have them go out on one or two last absolute bangers was was fun and you know nobody got called a nazi nobody got called a pedophile no it was it was just them queer baiting their most loyal fans one last time <laughs> you know as is tradition oh, yeah um i did in t- uh, one of my favorites actually was talking about um uh genshin impact uh voice actors Doing their doing their thing, <laughs> and their their uh, Hago keycaps. Yeah, uh, that was a good one. I liked our very special episode about autism. Yeah. Uh, I want to do a second one because I have some new. Me characters too. That we I am writing an essay about noise from dramatical murder, and you people are gonna hear it. Okay. I also really liked talking about Tumblr porn, uh, the book by Anna Valens. Uh, that was a great read. It's one of our less popular episodes, actually, but if you were on Tumblr at all between 2010 and 2018, I highly recommend that you pick up this book. You can get it in print or as an ebook. It's like five bucks. It's a good read. You should also just follow Anna Valens mm-hmm. on Twitter. I reached out to them to let them know we were, you know, big fans of the book and covering it, and they followed both my public Twitter and oh. the podcast Twitter and still follow me despite all my <laughs> yeah, nonsense. <laughs> and they're just, they're cool. <laughs> um, well, on that note, you, you guys think we talked about the thing? I, think I do think we talked thing. about the thing. <sighs> Will you guys have anything you're geeking on this week? You're doing, making you happy? I mean, I'm really excited that we found that little manga shop because yeah. I got a bunch of Tenchi stuff. She found Tokyo Godfathers. Like, that they just had the wackiest shit. They had, like, a VHS copy of Aladdin for sale. Yeah. <laughs> they had, um, the, the soundtrack to Sweeney Todd, yeah. the movie. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> and also just like a bunch of like Japanese uh, manga, Chinese manga. They had some like doujinshi and like yaoi boy love manga as well. We're gonna take you there when you come up. They had a whole bunch Yay. of Sailor Moon stuff. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna love it. Yay! Mm, well, this week I have been doing some moving, which is the best time to listen to podcasts and audiobooks. So I have been listening to, for the re-listening to, for the umpteenth time, my favorite audiobook by Robert Evans called The Eternal Fascist about the rise of fascism in America. And I absolutely recommend everybody listen to it. Uh, If you watch some more news uh, or listen to their podcast... Cody Johnson and um, Katie Stoll both appear on Robert's podcast Behind the Bastards and do a seven-part episode live reading and reaction to it, which is great because they're like high for half of it and they're just vamping. It's good. It's a fun time. But yeah, that's what I've been into this week. <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. I'm, I look forward to bringing more, more and better content, even... <laughs> Even crazier aunties. Well, that's good content. We'll raise the stakes. Oh, no, Always be not. escalating. No. <laughs> but yeah, no, sincerity is not my strong suit. So I'm sorry if I sound uh, insincere. I do mean it. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Until next time. If you'd like to find us online, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Blissfully Show. I post links to our YouTube there. If you're watching us on YouTube, hi, hello, thank you for watching. Comment, subscribe, do the YouTube stuff. You guys have been good about that. Yeah, until next time. Thanks, y'all. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Oh my god, just big, beautiful, muscular woman who can crush my head between her thighs.